everybody. Welcome to Marvel Champions Monthly. I am Kennedy Hawk, one of your hosts today. Today we're going to do a special power-up episode. We haven't done one of those in forever, but with the dawn of mutants in Marvel Champions, we're going to kick them off again and get through all of our merry mutants, starting with Shadowcat. So today's special guest is Andy. How's it going, Andy? It's going great. I just had a baby, so... Oh, yeah. Congrats. Really well. <laughs> Thank I'm you I'm surprised so much, you're yeah. not sleeping right now. It's kind of... <laughs> You know, um, it's sleeping is overrated. You know, this is it's too true. fun. <laughs> I've been Sleep I've been having like... Marvel champions. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's been an amazing couple of weeks of enjoying the baby and then also enjoying mutant Genesis. It's been it's been beautiful. Oh, perfectly timed. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. I know because I had I had time off, so you know, sitting there and uh, normally I play with just the uh, physical cards, but sometimes you know, I've got the baby on my chest and uh, got the computer on my lap. And just knocking yeah. out some games on, on TTS. So, well, I have a question for you. Since we're in the mutant era, if you had a mutant power, what do you think it would be? Gosh, a mutant power. So, of like an existing one, um, or you could just make up a funny one. Like, I'll give you my yeah. example. So, my mutant power yeah. would be to have both of my children take a nap at the same time. <laughs> that would be our power. That, that would be an incredible power. <laughs> oh gosh, you know. I'm going to say, I'm just going to go, I, I can't, I'm not very good at answering these questions off, off the cuff, but I will say I have been really, really enjoying like watching videos of Shadowcat and getting to know her as like, you know, thematically, um, which is like something I always do. Cause I'm not a super well-versed person in Marvel. So every time a new set comes out, it's like a great, I, I'm like a, you know, a new person just learning for the first time, most of these characters. Oh, and so, nice. yeah, it's, so it was really cool to like explain to my daughter, like this is Shadowcat. She can phase through things, and like she could just phase right through that wall. She could phase through the floor, and like seeing her eyes light up as I discussed that, and and she was like, "You could go through like a locked door," and I was like, "Yeah, it's so true. Like locked locked doors are nothing to her. You know, she can just phase right through the through all those things. And she can grab your hand and phase through the wall with you." Um, so I've I've just loved that that phasing power. It's been it's been really cool to to get to know how she uses that. Nice. All right. Well, we'll get right into it. Today's topic is Shadowcat, so we picked the right player. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So do you want to overview her and give like talk about her gimmick, or do you want me to? How do you want to do this? Yeah, I'll, I'll overview her. Yeah, I've got, I've got a few notes to share. Yeah, I, um, I just again, have the like cards said, in front of me. You're more prepared than me. I <laughs> know. Well, I mean, so for me, again, it's like I have to like, you know, uh, I really take it seriously to like try and learn the character because i think the more you understand what like what the cards are supposed to be um reflecting the the better i think like if you know the thematically how, how she works so um yeah so uh kitty pride aka Shadowcat, is a well-loved member of the x-men uh she was first created as a character who could give like a more relatable perspective as a young member of the x-men in training at the xavier institute um and so her her superpower is that she can choose to phase through matter and this is the whole basis for her mechanics in Marvel Champions. And so initially, like, you might hear phase and think vision, right? I know for me, I think for most people who have played Marvel Champions, immediately you're thinking, well, how, how different is she from vision? You know, he, he phases too. Um, and they do both begin the game with a two-sided mass form. But I would argue that these two are like more dissimilar than even like Ant-Man and the Wasp, who we know are, are very dif different despite both having giant and tiny forms. 
Um, and one key thing I just want to really point out is that thematically and mechanically, it's that Kitty flips from solid to phased, while Vision flips from dense to intangible. And while Vision, when he's in his dense state, he takes on like a diamond-like density, while in Kitty's solid state, she's only as solid as like you and me, right? Like she's she's True. she's not she's not phasing; she's just solid. Um, and so she has these two settings, like phased or unfazed, while he's basically able to turn the dial so far to one way that he becomes intangible or so far the other way that he becomes hard as diamond. And so I think that was helpful for me just to even understand thematically and mechanically, like what's going on there. She's just, she's just a person walking around, but then she can choose to phase through things um, and or then go back into normal. Like solid is like normal for, for her. From what yep, I understand, yep. isn't it? It's not, it's not like like vision where like when he is dense he is like you can't touch him he's you know really hard to 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 damage him when he's so dense um he like retaliates back at you when he's so dense so i thought that was really helpful and uh and that's kind of like my main overview but i would say i would say why would you want to play shadowcat i want to give maybe my thoughts and you could share yours yeah so yeah for me why would you want to play her? Because I think I think for me that's one of the biggest questions to ask now that we have how many heroes do we have? It's like way too many. Like, well, not so too many, many. anymore, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's so many heroes. So you have to really think like, why do I want to play this one? And I think again, that's why I'm mentioning Vision because I think it'd be easy to be like, oh well, Vision changes forms, so like, why why am I using her? Um, so th- I think the biggest thing, the coolest thing about her is that while she defends in her phased form. She cannot take damage. So while she defends in her face form, she cannot take damage. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. And it's the basis for almost everything she does. And very quick uh, reminder on how that works. Defending, that includes both if you just do a basic defense, like exhaust your hero to defend, or play any defense-traded card while she's being attacked. If she does that, now she's considered defending um and so therefore she just won't take any damage while she's faced so that that is wild that's that's the biggest thing i'd say another um, reason to play her is that like vision she can destroy attachments and this is an effect that the designers always attach to to like phasing right because yep, yep. he, can, he can do that as well and i, I just think that's amazing because there's some really really nasty uh attachments out there that she can quite easily and affordably remove and then the other reason is just that she's one of the most prolific form changers. Um, rival- I would say she's rivaled only by Spectrum. I'd be interested to know who you think changes forms more. Um, but yeah, because her and her form changing is based on attacking and defending, meaning that she has more varied and interesting and player c- controlled choices over her form flipping. Like it's it's not it's not specific cards of hers that necessarily are changing her form. It's just gotcha. the when she's attacking and defending, which I think is really cool because it gives you all these ideas like, Ooh, if I included this attack event or this defend event, I could change form at these interesting times and that sort of thing. So uh, I want to hear what you think about how she compares to uh, form changing compared to spectrum and any other reasons you think is like, this is why you should play Shadowcat. Yeah. Yeah. So Shadowcat, like you said, she's got this phased and mass form and I wanted to, or phased and solid form. And I wanted to read through those really quick. Like you said, in phased form, it's yeah. a mass form. It's permanent. When she's defending, she cannot take any damage. And it has a forced response that after you attack or defend, you have to flip your form. So you get sort of one 
attack or defense action in phased form, and then it forces you into solid. And in solid form, she generates a resource with her mass form for attack or defense events. But then it's an optional response after you attack or defend in solid mass form, flip this card. So you can spend as long as you want in solid with that resource generator. Yeah. But I think I think it's honestly every single one of her cards, almost every single one of her cards, gains some sort of bonus while you're in phased form. So you want to spend as much time in phased form as possible, meaning you constantly flip, like you said. In Spectrum, yep. a lot of times I feel like I build a deck to stay in one form and like optimize on it. And I might jump to the other one, like if I need thwart or if I need defense randomly. But with Shadowcat and all the decks we talk about today, I'm guessing, we sort of figure out some order of operations with her forms where you're like, I want to start in this form, I want to yes. play this event and go to this form, and then play this event and go to this form, <laughs> exactly. and then use my base attack and go to this form. And it's it's very sequenced, um, which some of the players I played with have thought was finicky, but for me, I think that it's like elegant, right? You have to mm-hmm. find the right combination, and when you do, you're like, wow, that went crazy. And if you start in the wrong form, you're just like, what am I doing? So, right exactly it's, it's, so it's a little interesting yeah no that's okay cool i think i think i agree with you then i, I was i was like i had originally i had like written down a note of like she's the most prolific form changer and then i was like well what about spectrum though because she can just do that change uh speed of light card but then i i totally agree with you like i play speed of light with spectrum like as a matter of course, just because, like, why wouldn't you? Like, you, know, yeah, you do it. play it twice get, to flip there and back, right? Yeah, yeah, you get a little bonus. You get you draw a card, so you know, you know, you have more options for what to do. Um, but it's not as, like, strategic. And it's, I think, maybe on a given turn, she might, you know, change form four times or whatever. But, I mean, I've changed form, like, six times with Shadowcat. Like, it's it's crazy, like, how often and I know, can... I know Ant-Man flips a lot. Um, but he yes, but never wants to, do it once to gain that bonus. Maybe play Resize or something like that, right? Yeah, no. So, so even I mean, Ant Man, it feels like you're flipping all the time, but it's really only once normally. Yep. Uh, twice occasionally. If you have an event, yeah, yeah, and every now and then you might flip three times in a turn. Um, you know, double Resize or or a Resize in a uh, Swarm Tactics. Yeah, that's super. Uh, uh, rare. Whereas like Shadowcat, a super common, I, I, I can just share one common play pattern. Yeah. So um, a common play pattern for her, she would begin the hero turn in solid. This is extremely common, right? She's she's often going to be beginning her hero turn in solid. She would she would then do something like like thwart for two. She has, she has two, two, two stats, by the way, which is just great. Yep. Um, so she might thwart for two. Then she would play her card Shadowcat Surprise. So this card is a two-cost attack event, a superpower as well. Deal three damage to an enemy, ready your hero. And so what that would do is she would play that, and she can use the discount from from Solid. It, you know that that's her mass form provides a physical resource for attack events in um, in in Solid form, and. She can play that. It'll deal three damage, ready Shadow Cat, and since it's an attack, you can flip to phase form, but you don't have to. Um, and then whether you want to is going to be like dependent on whether you want to attack or thwart with her now that she's ready again. Um, yep. And so if you if you want to attack again, you might not want to flip yet. You might want to attack and then flip off of that attack. Um, or if you want to thwart, you would probably want to flip and then thwart. And now you're going to the villain phase 
phased. You're you're in phased form because again, thwarting does not change your 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 uh, your form. Um, and so so again, you started in solid. You've played. You've uh, thwarted or attacked. You've done shadowcat surprise, and then you're probably thwarting again. Um, and you're in phased form now. And you almost always want to be phased going into the villain phase, right? Because yep. then there's a card called Quick Shift. You want to read what Quick Shift does? Yeah, so Quick Shift is a zero-cost event. It's a defense superpower, hero interrupt defense. When an enemy attacks, if you are in solid mass form, change to phased mass form. Phased mass form, draw two cards. Right. And so what will happen there normally is if you were in solid form, you could play it. It'll immediately switch you to, to phased form. And now you're defending, and you are in phase form, so you won't take any damage. So it's like a zero-cost card to play that you are taking no damage, which is cool. But if you're already in phased form, you're now considered defending, and you're drawing two cards off of it, so it's a, a net bonus of, of one card. Mm-hmm. And, you're, and you're considered defending, so you won't take any damage, and you didn't even exhaust for that. And then you'll flip to solid, and now you're ready to get that that um that that bonus off of the solid mass form to play another attack event which she has five attack events in her kit alone yep um yeah i've seen a lot of confusion about how defense ends like when you trigger that so shadow cat's form has this forced response right that says after you attack or defend in phased mass form flip this card doing an attack is just like you activate to use your atk or you play an attack event when the event is done resolving you flip back, right? So that's yep. like very simple and clear cut. But with defending, if you activate to use your defense, you're doing that during an attack. That defend doesn't fully resolve. And since this is an after you defend, it doesn't fully resolve until the end of the attack. So if you play this defense event here, which is quick shift, when an enemy attacks you, you become the defender. You don't flip for that until the end of the attack. So yeah, like you said, if you're in phased mass form, you're the defender, you take no damage, you draw two cards, and at the end of it, after the attack resolves, is when you'll get that forced flip. So we'll go over it later, I'm guessing, but there's some cards that have attack and defense as their type, and those can even flip you twice in one card, which is pretty crazy. Right. Um, And flipping, let's be clear, right? Flipping forms, just like it was with Spectrum, you can use all those flipping cards, like Surprise Attack when you change forms, do this. Mm -hmm. Um, Late on the Law when you change forms, Remove Threat. Perseverance. uh, Moxie, all those cards will work with Shadow Cat, which is really cool. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, All it's right. it's so fun. Well, maybe, do you want to jump into the the attack defense one? The, I, I mean, that's an amazing or a really interesting. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Card. Do you want to do? Is it your protection deck? Uh oh, sure. Let's, let's, she let's have do that. An attack defense. Um, she doesn't exactly, but she does have uh, um, shadow and steel is 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 similar to. Ah, uh, okay. Why don't you go over uh, that? That's yeah. the team up card with her in Colossus, right? Yeah, so I'll go over that first. So there's a, a card that's a team-up card called Shadow and Steel. This is a two-cost event. Uh, it's a basic event. Attack. It's, it has attack and defense for the, the traits. Um, and it says hero interrupt. It, sorry, it's a team-up Colossus and Shadowcat. So you have to be able to spot Colossus uh, the hero or Colossus the ally, um, as well as Shadowcat. Uh, hero interrupt attack defense when an enemy attacks prevent all damage from that attack and deal four damage to the attacking enemy so this is 
this is interesting because what happens here is that an enemy would attack you. You play this card because you know, when an enemy attacks, you play it. Uh, it's going to prevent all damage from that attack and deal four damage to the attacking enemy. So that that the attack portion of it immediately happens. And so our understanding of the rules is that the the attack portion immediately happens. An attack has now occurred. So she will actually change form. If she was in solid, she'd go to phase. If she was in phase, she'd go to solid. And then the rest of the attack resolves. The, the card says prevent all damage from that attack. So she doesn't actually care about whether she's in phased form or not at that point. Um, but she'll take no damage. And at the end of that, uh, she would then likely flip again off of, off of the defense portion yep. of it. And so that's how that one works. And there's a very similar card called Powerful Punch in protection so do you do you think i should just go over the the protection deck and talk yeah about we it? can talk through shadow cats cards as we're going through the decks we i do want to cool. read what her hero abilities are oh so yeah go ahead go ahead do it she's she's three recover hand size six nine hit points and alter ego with the mutant trait set up you're going to put your mass form into play on solid side she has the ability phase control action flip your mass form upgrade so you can go to alter ego to flip your upgrade but you're almost never going to do that usually you'll just use the thing that lets you flip it that's built into the card and then on Shadowcat's side like you said she has two thwart two attack two defense great stat line um the x-men trait and selective intangibility while you are in phased mass form Shadowcat ignores guard and patrol keywords and any crisis icons um which has varying degrees of value if there's no guards or patrol or crisis icons not very good if they are out there she could be a lifesaver so pretty cool that's amazing all right Let's get into I love it. on We're... the uh, well, just one last thing on on, yeah, yeah. Uh, on her hero card is the I really like her alter ego art and one of the interesting things there she's working on a computer and she's like taking it apart, um, which is really funny because it looks like a '90s computer, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, like the the tower, you know, um, and uh, but so I think that in the comics she gets into computer like programming and understanding computers because one thing she can do is that she can phase into like a computer electronic system and mess with things and i think travel along it i think um sort of like ultron sort of like vision and um so i think part of why she gets into computers is that she can better understand what to do while she's kind of phasing through um in an electronic you know, system like a computer system, so she could, you know, mess with a with a um, system and and help the good guys or hurt the bad guys. So, just kind of fun. It's a it's a fun. Uh, if I remember that, that like changes throughout her um, tenure on the X Men as well. Like I think her phasing started when like she phased through something, it would mess up all right. the electronics, and she didn't know why. And then for a while, they were like, oh, well, what you're doing is you're shifting your electrons. And they made up some pseudoscience about electricity and computers that the writer clearly didn't understand. And then eventually it became that she could, like, travel through, you know, the bit drives or whatever. Who knows? I don't know computers well enough. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know she's supposed to be, like, a genius in computer science. So that's pretty cool. Right. Exactly. Although without the genius trait, which is too bad. Too bad. Yeah, um, girl's crying right cool. now. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. And uh, ingenu- uh, ingenuity, right? That's yeah, yeah. So good. Um, cool. All right. Well, yes, I'll hop right into. So this is the power of Shadowcat, right? So we're we're going. Yeah, into, so we're gonna uh, go through a deck in each aspect. 
Right. I think you have protection, and then I'll do justice, and then you can do right. aggression, and I'll do leadership, because I still have to figure out which of the two versions I built I'm going to use, because you may have conned right. me into the other one while we were talking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that's great. Okay. That's awesome. Well, I um, will uh, actually, we'll send this uh, picture of this to you as well. Nice. Awesome. This is, um, the, so this is the protection deck uh, for Shadowcat. So... Um, this is a deck that, uh, I, I put together. It's, it's quite similar to one of the top decks on Marvel CDB right now. Um, but it's a, part of the reason for that is that it's pretty much, I think a pretty straightforward way for how you would approach a protection deck for her. And you'll kind of see, see why as we're going through it. Um, but with her deck, she has just, just two allies. So just two allies in this deck. Um, the allies are her her signature ally, uh, Lockheed. Would you be able to read off Lockheed, what he does? Totally. So Lockheed is her <laughs> pet dragon. Um, so he's a two-cost ally, which is great. 1-1 one, one stats, not that great. Has the dragon trait and the X-Men trait, which is important, the X-Men trait. He's got a response after Lockheed enters play. If you are in solid mass form, deal two damage to an enemy. If you are in phased mass form, remove two threat from a scheme. Probably the most disappointing card in her kit because nothing about those forms is associated with damage and, and thwarting. So it's just kind of like a random effect slapped onto the ally, which is a little disappointing, but it can give you some like versatility. So he's there. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I agree. So it was a little disappointing on first blush, but for me, I've honestly come to appreciate him. Um, the way I see him is that he normally is going to come in and maybe attack for one damage, like clear toughness and remove two threat, you know, something like that. Like that's, that's not bad for a two cost ally. And then essentially just keep him in your back pocket as like a break glass defender. You know, like if, if all else fails and for some reason she's not able to do what she needs to do, like you can always block with him. Yeah, totally agreed. Yes, exactly. That's how I would use him in this deck, especially because he, um, is, uh, uh, there's there's so few allies in this deck, <laughs> so he'll he'll never be like taking up a spot because I only have two allies. So the other ally is Professor X, um, and so he's there just part part of, part of it's like thematic. I have this idea of like he's been like trained putting here through like these simula simulations of de you know defensive combat, and so he's just like there. Um, but it's nice to have him too because like he he's never gonna be like a total waste, right? Like, and he could potentially confuse thwart for three and block for you so like or, or block for someone else so he's he's good he could be good multiplayer and one of the ideas with the allies is that i wanted to have no other allies and that way like um even professor x is like a temporary sort of ally and so she doesn't clash with anyone else at the table who's trying to put together like an x-men ally deck so that was one of the ideas for this deck so this is a great one if your buddy wants to play cyclops and take all the allies you know like you can play this deck with with that. Um, it's got uh, two copies of her signature uh, thwarting event, Airwalk, which is a one-cost thwart, removes two threat from a scheme or four threat if you're in phased mass form. Um, that's, that's a lot of threat removal, and so she's going to count on that a lot as she's in protection. It has three copies of Defiance. Uh, this card is really amazing. So... If the villain attacks her while she's in phased form, she can just wait until the, the boost card comes out. And then before you, f you flip it and see what the boost card is, 
you play Defiance, discard that boost card, and then she's considered defending, and so she takes no damage and will flip out of phased form. So essentially, Defiance becomes not just a cancel boost card; it's like a it's like a it's like a backflip for her, um, really. So three copies of Defiance. She has two copies of her phase strike, which is that um, attack event that I said uh, discards an, uh, an attachment from the, from the enemy. Um, so it's a three cost, deal six damage to an enemy. If she's, if she's phased, she can also discard an attachment. Um, that's a signature event. Three copies of Powerful Punch. So this card, I just want to take a short break to talk about what this is. This is very, very similar to that Shadow and Steel card it's uh it's an attack and defense event it's a two cost protection event attack defense hero interrupt attack defense when an enemy initiates an attack deal four damage to that enemy so really cool for her if she's in solid form not phased form so if she's in solid form she could play powerful punch It'll deal four damage to the enemy because it's an and, and since it's an attack, she can actually flip immediately to phase form. And now it's it's also a defense, so now she's defending. She takes no damage, and then she'd flip back to 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 solid form. Really good in solid. A lot more awkward in uh, in phased. And so normally she wouldn't be using this while she's phased. There might be some caveats to that, but normally she would not use that there. Um, then three copies of Preemptive Strike. And this is interesting. Everyone knows Preemptive Strike. But what this can do is uh, you could use this for yourself, but you could also use this actually when um, someone else is being attacked, like another, another hero around the table. You could use that and at a very late notice when a boost card is flipped up. You could cancel those boost icons, deal damage to the villain, and now, now she's defending the attack. And if she was in phase form, she's taking no no damage at all, um, which is which is really cool. Um, she could even, I think, one weird thing she could do is she could actually powerful punch while she's in phased. No, I don't think she could do do what I was about to say. But it's it's yeah, it's a very cool card. It's cool that can like drag. It's cool that can drag attacks to her at such a late point in the like attack resolution. Um, she has two copies of Quick Shift, which we talked about. That was her card that basically will allow her to defend at super cheap cost. And that one um, will also... It's when the villain initiates an attack, but it's another one that lets you steal an attack from another player without exhausting, right? Right, right. you're, you're okay. so right, yes. I, I love doing that. So yeah, so she has literally... In fact, Pow- Powerful Punch does that too. So she has eight cards in her deck. Yeah, eight cards that can steal an attack from someone else without exhausting to defend, which is really wild. It's got to be more than like anyone else could do. So, um, yeah. So then she has three copies of Shadowcat Surprise, which is that three damage ready uh, two cost attack event that I talked about. She has three copies of Sidestep. And so this is an interesting one. It's because uh, it would be when you would take any amount of damage, prevent three of that damage. If you pay for this card using energy resource, deal one damage to that enemy. So just to think through that for a second, if you were in phase form and you weren't defending, you're about to take damage. So then you could play sidestep to prevent three of that damage. 
but now you're defending, so technically you will take no damage, um, even if there was more dam more than three to prevent. Um, so that's a cool thing. And then in in solid, that can help that can help smooth things out when she happens to be in solid and gets attacked, because um, you could spend the one uh, resource from her solid form to play sidestep, and now she's she's like prevented some damage. Allows her to flip back to uh, to um, to phased form if she wants to be there. Um, so that's that's that. So that's that's like twelve protection events in her in her kit. So tons of uh, of events. And I think those are all. Yes, all twelve of those are defense traded events. Then she has en energy genius strength. She has uh, her her support is Kitty's room. That's just her signature support. This is actually a really good support. Because it's it's only one cost, alter ego. Sadly, like whatever aspect she plays, she's not going to be in in alter ego that that much. But when she does flip down, um, in solid form she can heal two, in phase form she can draw a card. And so one cost support to like always draw a card. I, that's really good. Or if she really needs it, the the healing, she can do that, which is really cool. Because sometimes she wants to heal, but she really can't afford to. Uh, to exhaust her hero like she really wants her hero thwarting Ready. or attacking yeah 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 so so kitty's room is great for upgrades she has her um signature upgrade acute control which i think is um more so than lockheed more so than kitty's room definitely her worst card it's not it's not terrible but it's it's her worst card so really? one cost upgrade I, that's my opinion one cost upgrade Hero response, after you ignore the guard or patrol keyword on a minion, exhaust acute control, deal two damage to that minion. So in my opinion, I just think, I just think there's so few times where you actually will have a guard minion in front of you. And when you do, then you're, you're, you will be ignoring them quite likely. Um, but then you're dealing two damage to them, which isn't that much of a reward for like that really rare time where that's happening i i think that this can get a lot more value in certain scenarios like um claw you're always having like an armored guard in front of you although two damage is kind of an awkward amount to deal to them but you're always having an armored guard in front of you um the is it the uh master mold where they all have guard all the sentinels yeah 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 guard. I so. yeah like i used it the uh earlier today actually playing and it, it felt good at that moment but i just think it's like it's so it's so rare really um that you i think if decided. we see a lot more patrol it might be right. good right because yes. patrol is you can't thwart the main scheme so if you are thwarting you can still push damage onto minions and what i like about this upgrade the best is when i'm teaming up with someone that's playing rocket or someone that's playing wasp you can get a bunch of minions in front of you at really low health so they can like pick them all off. So it's a really great combo card for multiplayer. Yeah. But it's not so great for like Shadowcat herself because if she's ignoring guards, she's probably going to ignore it all game. So it doesn't matter if there's a guard minion there. That, um, that makes sense. That makes sense to me. And also what you just said there with multiplayer too is that like I might ignore the guard minion, go for the, for the head, but then knowing that Rocket is next in turn, and he's going to kill that guard minion. Because otherwise, like, if you do leave... I mean, it's really helpful sometimes to be able to ignore a guard minion. But 
leaving minions in front of you still hurts and a lot of guard minions are still dealing a fair amount of damage um yeah yep. so you're right that if, if someone else is going to take care of them which rocket could even or you know or thor could like hang on to an into the fray and so he might be going before you but then uh, he'll finish your guard minion after you've you know soften them up with acute control so you're right and if patrol you're right if, if there's more patrol minions which there are just so few right now that could be awesome to thwart ignore the patrol and then, and deal then damage get to push to that, damage and, still yeah, right that's so then that's really cool that's cool so there's, there's that and then i have a copy of deft focus she has so many superpower cards in her deck and I think she feels... has nine that cost one or more yeah. and then two zero yeah. cost ones so like yeah. It reduces the cost of a quarter of your deck right off the bat, basically. There's no reason to not. Yeah. And a ton of them you're just <laughs> are ones you want to play all the time. Like Shadowcat Surprise, whenever you draw it, you could just play it for free with Solid and Death Focus, quite likely. And that feels so good to get three damage and a ready as a zero-cost card, essentially. Feels so, so good. Um, great. I have a copy of Electrostatic Armor. So this is after you defend against an attack, deal one damage to the attacking character. Um, so again, 12 defense events. So she'll basically be defending every single villain phase. And so this should be triggering every single villain phase. Um, Flow Like Water is very similar. It costs two, play under any player's control, maximum player. Uh, after you play a defense card, deal one damage to the attacking enemy. And so with that, you might actually... Um, combo up a couple cards occasionally. You know, like like sometimes I might play um, a powerful punch, but now I'm in solid form and about to take damage. Then I play uh, preemptive strike to lessen some of the damage, and now I've just played two defense events within one um, within one defense, and I've dealt yeah, yeah. two two damage with flow like water. So that can be handy. Uh, three copies of Hard to Ignore. She can remove so much threat with Hard to Ignore. I, I, I don't know if there's any hero that feels better with Hard to Ignore. Because she, she feels like she can afford to get them out. Some heroes like are struggling. They're like, ah, I gotta take care of these other things. It's, I don't really want to play my Hard to Ignores. She gets them out. As soon as she gets them, like plays them. Because she's going to defend every villain phase. And she might never flip down. Um, so she's, she's, I've had, I've had times where I'm like, oh, I can flip down now. He's confused. Everything's all set up here. It's a super safe time to flip down. And I'm like, why would I flip down? I'm going to remove three threat and do all sorts of other stuff. Like when the villain attacks, I'm not, I'm not going to flip down. So three hard to ignores uh, are going to just remove threat from the main scheme. So remember that's from the main scheme. So probably, probably using her basic thwarting and her, um, uh, air walking to deal with side schemes. She has her intangible interference, which is very similar to acute control. So one cost upgrade after you ignore the crisis icon on a scheme, exhaust intangible interference, remove two threat from that scheme. I feel like this is still not to me. I don't love it, but it's, I just think it's a lot more common that you'd actually use this um, rather than acute Definitely control. Just than the guard minion one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because crisis affects everyone. So any any crisis side scheme that comes out, it's it's a valid target that you that would you know for for this. Whereas guard minions like it has to come out specifically for you, and so so that it's 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 there. Um, 
then a copy of Nerves of Steel. So the cool thing here is Nerves of Steel, of course, generates an energy resource for a defense event. And again, she has, um, well, nine of her protection events can use it. So typically she's going to have one of those in hand for her. And, you know, three of those nine, I should remind you, are Powerful Punch. Powerful Punch is attack and defense. And so it can still be used, even though you're probably, when you play it, you're thinking about the attack, like that's the first thing that's happening. But remember that it's a defense. So you can use Nerves of Steel and your solid to play Powerful Punch for free. And if you is, have an yeah. aggression friend, you could use Nerves of Steel and Martial Promise. Martial Promise, the same exactly. Event. That'd be crazy. That's, that's the dream. That's the dream. I, I want that to happen. Um, and now she's, she also has two copies of Phased and Confused, which is hero form only, attached to an enemy, max one per enemy. It's it, be thinking about webbed up. It's very similar to webbed up. Force interrupts when attached enemy would attack, discard this card instead, then confuse that enemy. I would say it's definitely better than webbed up. Yeah, it's similar it costs, to webbed up, but it's cheaper, right? <laughs> it's cheaper and... I, I think it's uh, my opinion is that a confuse is uh, very often higher value than a, than a stun. Um, yeah. Just, I mean, there's so many in Kitty's situation. It might not be because she so rarely flips down because you barely ever yeah. take damage. Yeah. It might not seem like it, but if you can confuse for anybody else or to prepare for that advance, it's really, really good. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, and now with this deck, I would I would say, like you just said, probably not the best for her, and not, and not always the best, not always the best for her, and not always the best in this deck where you want to get attacked a lot. But occasionally, it's still going to be worthwhile to play in this deck. Um, and then ready to a copy of Ready to Rumble, which is I mean, you should probably have at least one copy of this, is my opinion. And and it's you know the after you change form, ready your hero like a one cost, ready basically whenever you really need it. Um, just having that in your back pocket is great. Um, and then she has a copy of Unflappable, uh, which is, of course, the drawing a card after she defends and takes no damage, which, more than any hero, it's likely that she's just not going to take damage when she defends, because she, you know, it's, it's not like Spider-Man or Captain America, where they can guarantee that only two card, with two cards. Yep. She can guarantee that any time. And, and, I think it's important to remember there's all these defense events, but like just, just doing a basic defense with her is not a bad use of her, um, ex- of her, you know, of her exhausting. Like you're exhausting and you are, if, if there's ways you can do it without exhausting, great. Um, but exhausting to then defend, take no damage, draw a card from unflappable, remove three threat from hard to, with hard to ignore. And um, deal one or more damage with, you know, electrostatic armor, maybe flow like water. Um, it's crazy. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. And it's if you want if you want to play like if you want to just like forget the allies for a little bit, go ahead try this deck. Um, it's 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 super fun. Sweet. Thoughts, questions? No, I love it. So what? What would be a good villain scenario people should take this deck into to really show off its strength? Something okay. with like lots of activations, or what, what's the what's the best way to do it? Gosh, I've played this against a lot of different heroes, and it she, she it's just really good. Like I was I was I was always cautious. 
most cautious with a protection deck, right? Because like you want to think, okay, like can it really handle when there's a lot of minions, or can it handle when there's um, a lot of threat on the board? One thing that her that is just so good is Shadowcat Surprise is so good because what it really allows you to do is you could if a if a side scheme comes out, you know, like the what's the the four threat um, hazardous side scheme in, in Claw. That one's always a just a, um, a, a oh trick. gosh on um, the uh, illegal arms factory. Is that what? It, yes. Yeah. yeah. Arms factory. Yeah, yeah. So if that one comes out, you thwart for two. Play Shadowcat Surprise to deal three damage to you know a minion, and then it readies her and you thwart for two again. So she can handle side schemes just without any you know special cards. Or if if you know um, speaking of Claw, uh, if um, the uh, the big seven HP uh, ra- radioactive man is that what it is? Um, yeah, yeah. Minion. If he comes out, attack for two. Shadowcat Surprise for three damage. Ready. Attack for two more damage. And so she's really suited to like deal with the issues that come up with attacking or defending uh, or sorry, attacking or thwarting. And so I, I, I mean, I think you could do it with anything, maybe, maybe claw, just try, try claw, good old claw, see how she holds up against him. He's still hard. Obviously. Um, she doesn't, I got, make a, I got a challenge for you. You ready for this? What's that? Yes. Go ahead. You're going to do crossbones. So you've got all those low scheme thresholds. So you've got to be able to remove with hard to ignore, like right away. Yep. He's going to have Weapon Master, so he gets like six extra activation cards. Yes, um, he does. So Crossbones with Weapon Master and Armadillo from Nova's pack, because it's going to put a bunch Ooh. of tough on the villain, so you've got, to count on your, you've got to count on your electrostatic armor to get rid of the tough. Mm-hmm. So you've still mm-hmm. got all the answers, but you've got to find them in the right order. And you're going to take damage from that rifle when you start. And you can pick whatever you want. for. The, I think he, he does three mods, right? So you could do whatever for the third one. But I yeah. think Armadillo with... I can't remember what I just said. Weapons Master and Crossbones would be really interesting. Oh, what's, could be a good third? challenge. What, what, what's, what's a what's good the third, third one? Yeah. Oh, what's something that like puts threat out when it comes out? Does Temporal, those little time-displaced soldiers, do they have Insight 1? Um, the time displaced soldiers are in are in Master of Time, and they do oh. have Insight One. Let's um, put that. Let's we, put that one in there. Problem solved. Oh gosh, Master of Time, <laughs> that's amazing. That's great. I love Master of Time. I'm a big Kang person, so this is great. Okay, cool. I will try that against against that. And you know what? What you've forgotten is that uh, is that um, she'll be able to phase through his attachments and just knock out a bunch of of uh his things only um, the so, hero action ones right so yes like the, yes exactly she can't get not, rid of the rifle not the machine she can't gun. get rid yes. of there's one other one i think but most of them she can get rid of yeah yes exactly exactly so that'll be that'll be really fun cool i will try i will try it out i'll report back and see how she does okay I'm, I'm stoked cool cool yeah what's what's your deck okay let's do justice next um mm-hmm. So my Justice deck is pretty standard. So a lot of Kitty's interactions, unfortunately, have to do with attacking, and they have to do with defending. And there are attacks in Justice, but that's not the strength I wanted to lean into. I thought I'd let Aggression and Protection handle that. So instead, we're going to lean into her hero ability, which is while you're in phased form, you can ignore the Crisis icon. So this deck is... All about like a three-ish card combo. So you're gonna play one way or another, and go fish out something with the crisis icon. Normally, you would never take something with a crisis icon because it's 
going to cause problems for you. But your goal is that you're going to always be thwarting in phased form so you can not worry about the crisis icons and just bring them out and draw three cards. So you play one way or another, which is a zero-cost event from Nebula, search the encounter deck for a side scheme, reveal that side scheme, and draw three cards. So hopefully you've drawn into Mutant Peacekeepers and turn the tide. So Mutant Peacekeepers is from Phoenix's pack. Play only if your identity has the X-Men trait, Hero Action Thwart. Exhaust your hero and any number of X-Men allies. Remove X threat from among schemes in play, where X is the total thwart of those characters. So since this is a thwart event, it's like an extension of your hero thwarting. So you can take all your ally thwarts, basically add them to Shadow Cat's base thwart of two, and just continuously bypass all of these crisis icons. Um, so it's definitely more of a multiplayer deck. You're going to be like the threat controller and make sure the main scheme never pops. And you might bring up some side schemes to defeat along the way. Um, but for the most part, you're going to use the side schemes as like income. Um, so this deck um, has six allies. It has Angel, um, who's just a two-cost ally when you have the mutant or X-Men traits. It's got Banshee, Blindfold, Eros, Lockheed, and Jessica Jones. And there's a reason that you want to have Jessica Jones in there. So Jessica Jones is from the core set. I'm trying to find her text here really quick. So Jessica Jones gets plus one thwart for each side scheme in play. So she starts at one thwart, but if you've pulled out three or four schemes with one way or another, she's going to be like a five thwart character. Um, and yeah, I believe awesome. in the comics, Jessica Jones is a mutant. So I'm still calling theme, even though I have Eros in the deck as another two cost ally. Oh, I'm um, just, I'm just getting the connection. Cause then she can actually add her thwarting to sort of kitties for, for mutant peacekeepers. Right? Yeah. So mutant peacekeepers requires you to res- exhaust your hero and any number of X-Men allies. So we do include okay. two copies of honorary X-Men. Yes. We want to be able to make Eros or Jessica Jones, Honorary X-Men to work with Mutant Peacekeepers. Okay, that Um, is really cool. So yeah, so for events, you've got all your Kitty Pride events, which we've gone over. So Airwalker, Thwart Event, Phase Strike, Quick Quick Shift, and Shadowcat Surprise, which again is going to be a really important card. We'll talk about why. But then we've got three copies of Mutant Peacekeepers, three copies of One Way or Another, and I have two copies of Turn the Tide because I wanted to keep it to a 40-card deck and have two honorary Avengers. You can kind of take your mix of, of those cards. If you don't want to go the Jessica Jones route, you could probably put in more copies of Turn the Tide, or you could just run a 41-card deck, and no one would no one would yell at you. Um, for resources, I only have Energy Genius and Strength. Um, for supports, I have the X-Jet, because none of these cards have a requirement but you do have a pretty high cost curve as Kitty. You've got a lot of three-cost cards in her kit. Um, I think you've got four three-cost cards and four two-cost cards, plus you want to play all of those allies, so you've got a pretty pretty steep setup that you want to get through. For upgrades, we have the two that you talked about, the two phased and confused. I have a copy of Deft Focus as well, because you're hitting nine cards. There's no reason not to do it. I have one copy of Heroic Intuition, so you can get Kitty to three right away. Um, so even if you have Kitty and Blindfold out, Mutant Peacekeepers is now a 5th worth that bypasses Crisis Icons, which can probably manage the threat for the turn unless people are flipping too much, and you're just keeping Blindfold out there forever as like a battery, which is pretty cool. Um, 
I've got two copies of Honorary X-Men, one for Eros and one for Jessica Jones. Since you don't have Utopia, you're letting the leadership player have that. Um, you're probably not going to end up with both of them out. But typically, I end up with Banshee. Uh, not always Banshee. I usually end up with Blindfold, Jessica Jones, and then one other ally. Um, those are the like targets because they're at pretty good levels. I've got two copies of Mission Training. So that's attached to an X-Men ally, max one training upgrade. It increases their thwart even more. So you can get Blindfold up to three thwarts or Jessica Jones up to like a million. Um, I have one copy of Sense of Justice because that's going to make your mutant peacekeepers free. That's always good. And I put one copy of Under Surveillance just in case there's a turn you can't thwart. Um, you can like basically like ignore all the crisis icons you've put out and still put the van on the main scheme. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so the goal is like, you're going to start every villain phase again in phased form because you want to defend against the villain. If you can, ideally you use quick shift to defend against the villain. Um, but it could also be a basic defense. If you're going to do a basic defense, you want to, if you have mutant peacekeepers in your hand, you want to make sure you have a way to ready. Um, so you might want to include one copy of Ready for Ready to Rumble. I usually counted on Shadowcat Surprise to ready me. So then I would defend, which would flip me to phased form or solid form. When my turn starts, I would play Shadowcat Surprise to attack and ready my hero, and I'd end up in phased form. And then I can use Mutant Peacekeepers for a million, and I don't have to flip back because I'm not forced to flip on thwarting. So you're looking for like one big thwart every turn, and that big thwart is from Mutant Peacekeepers. Um, so I was playing a bunch of Shadowcat games this week to like practice for this episode. And I decided to play a game. I can't remember who the villain was, but I put in Galactic Artifacts. And at one point, I had six side schemes out, which was pretty <laughs> oh exciting God. for Jessica Jones because she could just knock side schemes out, but we were just like, it was like a three player game. And we were just every turn. It was like mutant peacekeepers for seven mutant peacekeepers for nine mutant peacekeepers for 11. Oh and my gosh. People were like flipping down to see if they could like get me worried. And I'm like, no, nah, it's okay. I got it. <laughs> we'll <laughs> That's figure it incredible. out. <laughs> That's incredible. I so, love that. That's it's awesome. hard. There's, I almost left like three empty slots at the end. Cause you can bring turn the tide to push a little bit of damage. You can right. also bring, Game time, which is like a zero cost event from Cyclops's pack, where you ready an ally that has a training. So mm -hmm. if you get honorary Avenger on Jessica Jones and she gets up to like seven thwart, and maybe you can't thwart enough, you can always thwart once with her for seven, and then game time her and thwart again for seven, um, which is a little wow. insane. <laughs> but you're That's living amazing. life dangerously. You're leaving six side schemes out there, so you're like, it's definitely a risk reward playstyle. <laughs> Uh, that's really really fun and you know what's cool is that game time can be played by someone else on you uh, yeah on jessica right yep. and also what's what's wild i always forget about this but ready to rumble can also be played on another player and so oh, just make someone else do it bro. So, yeah, yeah, make someone yeah else somebody else can like, bring that for me <laughs> yeah she, she needs a she needs a, a tutor you know like Another player needs to like teach her how to ready to rumble. Yeah, I'm you know, taking care of the main scheme. Don't ignore the, ignore the pile of hazard icons I brought out. It's not, <laughs> exactly. not a problem. I'm going to defend that's one time. Really I'll fun. be okay. Um, yeah, that's that's so fun. So so to to bring it back to you, like the the key thing being that like when she thwarts in phase form, she ignores crisis and mutant peacekeepers. Since it's an event, it's it's her as a hero um, performing thwarting. a thwart. 
Yes. And so she ignores Christ's icon. And uh, yeah, that's that's amazing. That's really, really amazing. Yeah. So you can sort of do twofold things, right? You never want to get rid of Jessica Jones because you're constantly bringing schemes out with one way or another because that lets you cycle your deck really fast. So you're seeing it a ton and you're seeing mutant peacekeepers a ton. But the other allies, like if you have a Jessica Jones that's like five thwarts that you can add to your base three with heroic intuition, if you can thwart for eight with peacekeepers, you're probably fine. So the other yeah. allies like Blindfold and Lockheed, you can just keep cycling these two cost allies in and blocking. So you can like help the defensive player and be like the control player um, in the same deck as long as you can keep like one really pumped up ally out there. Yeah. I, I love that. And what's what's cool about her is that I just I've just found her really, really forgiving in terms of like if you have a plan to do things one way, like if things get thrown at you, she's she's I just think she's really good at uh, if, if you can um, maneuver it like you can pretty well change direction and like go a different way. So like like you were just saying, like if you're not making the mutant peacekeepers thing work, then suddenly Jessica Jones is working in a different way, you know, like. Yeah. And, and yeah. Or, or heroic intuition. Off real fast. That's the yeah, other nice thing yeah. is that with uh, with mutant peacekeepers, you divide it amongst the schemes as you choose. So if you have more threat than there is in the main scheme, you can get a bunch of those side schemes down to like one. So if something happens and you're like, "Oh crud, we got to get rid of these four crisis icons because I'm stuck in mass form," you can thwart them away with your allies because you've like lowered yes. them all to one over time. Um, yeah. Oh, that's cool. You get really yes, mad really when your easy. teammates throw them away because your Jessica Jones gets weaker. So it's <laughs> it's, it's a little funny. Um, that's awesome. I tried to build a deck with like concussive blow to take advantage of her like physical resource, and it just didn't it didn't it didn't flow for me because it was too expensive to fit with her other three cost cards without taking additional resources. Um, and then I saw mutant peacekeepers, and I was like, oh. Bypass Crisis sounds super fun. Yes. And don't so forget, fun. you can bypass Patrol as well. But again, Patrol is only if it's like engaged with you. And if you're planning on thwarting every turn, somebody else better kill the minions in front of you. So, <laughs> yes, so that's, that's the idea. doesn't help yeah. a ton. That's really, really fun. Cool. And, and you said you brought you took it up against the Galactic Artifacts. I took um, it up against Galactic Artifacts a couple times. I haven't tried taking it out against one that doesn't have a lot of side schemes or that only has hazards. Yeah. I think that would be really hard, right? So like Rhino's fine because he's got crisis control. Um, but if you if you find a deck that has like four side schemes, but all of them are a hazard icon, you can't really afford to let them sit out there. So then you have to pivot and you have to use like, um, what's it called? The training upgrade on Blindfold instead. And you can still mutant Peacekeepers to keep Blindfold out there forever and she can block when you need to. But you're not taking advantage of that like crisis icon ability so if there's yeah. no crisis icons this is just a generic justice removes threat deck which is still <laughs> yeah. fine right that's what justice is supposed to do but it shines when you're playing that risk reward life or like in campaigns when you start with like a side scheme or two side schemes out you're just like mulliganing really hard for jessica jones want to find her, get <laughs> yes. her yes exactly so. that's awesome and, and you know what I, I feel like these days like there's so many options for what kind of scenario to set up. Like I, I think it makes total sense to have a, a deck like this though, where, where you're like, I'll, I'll use this when I know there's going to be a bunch of side schemes or, I, or I'm going to specifically put together like a fun challenge. Like, cause like you said too, it's, it's still risky. It's not like 
oh, I'm going to make this scenario easier for myself by putting in galactic artifacts. Like galactic artifacts is tough. Like it's, it's, that's, there's a lot of crazy stuff in that modular set. So it's, I think it's really, that's, that's a really, really fun, um, high risk, high reward. We played play. one game where we ended up with three amplify icons out. Oh god! The other play, the other player was Colossus. So I was like, "That's okay, perfect." Colossus, yeah, perfect. Was so everything was tough. Yeah, I'm gonna make everything zero, <laughs> and we're just gonna let the amplifies sit there. Um, but then Colossus got have... stuck in Alter Ego one turn, and I, I can't remember who it was. It was somebody like Sabretooth schemed for like nine, and I was like, "Oh my god, that was bad." <laughs> <laughs> this, it, this was tough. It's like she basically ignores Amplify in phase er, as well because she, you know, yeah. since she canceled all damage, I've just playing there's a good amount of Amplify I thought in uh, in Mutant Genesis, and I just would ignore those. I, I didn't care. Like I'm not I'm not taking damage from these people, and I and I'm not flipping down, so they're not scheming. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's it, that's that's wild though. I love well, that. Well, let's get back to attacking and hear about aggression. Yes. I'm okay, so this is aggression. So, um, power of shadow cat aggression. Um, a big thing for this is uh, I'll I'll start going through it. Um, well, thematically, here's the idea: is that Kitty's just showing Riri around the X jet, right? When the call comes in, like time to gear up, strike nice. back hard, and like wait, pulse grenades wouldn't hurt to pack a few, right? Like that's that's the idea. So um, in this deck, you've got, uh, for allies, you have Angel, great ally for her, uh, Colossus, Ironheart, Lockheed, Professor X. So a few X-Men hanging out and Ironheart's just, you know, seeing the big jet engines on the X-Jet um, when, when things go down. For the events, of course, she has all her signature events, but then for her, uh, the rest of the events are two copies of Clobber, two copies of Mean Swing. Uh, one copy of Shadow and Steel, that, that, that team-up card for Colossus. And then three copies of Surprise Attack. So like you mentioned, Surprise Attack is the after you change form, deal three damage to an enemy, four damage instead if you paid for this card using a physical resource. It, it's just so, so, so good for her. So like one of the big things that this deck can do is she could um, defend in phased form, either with quick shift or just exhausting to defend. Ch after the def after the defense concludes, she flips to to solid form, and then she can pay with the physical resource from solid. She can pay for surprise attack since she just changed form, deal four damage, and then flip right back to phased, and maybe use ready to rumble right then, just discard that so that now she's ready again and she could defend again, and take a whole nother hit if the villain attacks again. Clobber is really fun because it's it's uh, such a cheap event. Like it's it's two cost, but really once you play it, if it's the first card you played, you get it back. So it's three damage for for really one one cost. Um, she has energy, genius, strength, two copies of the power in all of us, and the reason for that is that shadow and steel is a basic card. She has four uh four allies. Um, she has uh, four more copies of cards that, that benefit from that as well. So lots of targets for power in all of us. For support, she has Kitty's Room and she has the X-Jet, which again, that, that wild resource is actually helpful for her because sometimes she's playing two surprise decks in one turn. So having another card that creates a wild resource is helpful to get the full value out of surprise attack. Um, she has acute control and intangible interference and phased and confused, you know, all her signature upgrades. 
Here's a copy of Death Focus, which again, I just think you should almost always just pack one in with her. You have a copy of Martial Prowess, which you know, she has so many attack events that it's great for that. Uh, you then have three copies of Pulse Grenade. And so Pulse Grenade, if you remember, this is a upgrade weapon with a hero action attack. Discard Pulse Grenade and choose an enemy. Discard the top two cards of the encounter deck. Deal one damage to the chosen enemy for each boost icon discarded this way. So the idea that I had here was I looked through like all the cards, all the cards out there. And I was trying to find what is a card that goes on the table that has like an on-command attack on it. And I'm pretty certain this is the only card. Can you back me up on that? I don't know if that's... I need to check. Hold on. That's the Star-Lord? So it's in Star-Lord. Yep. There are other cards that, like, Counter-Attack, for example, has attack on it, but, like, it has to be after you've taken damage from an attack. Um, uh, even uh, the, um, the oh, Justice... is an attack. Right? Yeah. It's an yeah, attack. So, and so I... there's, there's, like, the little laser rifle that I think is in Venom. That's the only other one I can think of. So, no, so I... I double checked that, and at least I'm uh, at least I'm Marvel CDB, unless I mix that up. Uh, it it's not an attack. I thought it was, but it's, I, I it's think not. I'm mixing them up because I thought that pulse grenade wasn't, and it clearly is. So yeah, so I, pulse I think you yeah. Found it. <laughs> so I think it is. Yeah. So it's so it's cool. I mean, like it's it's just having that. Like it's kind of random because it's like, well, do you really need this? But it just smooths things out just ever so slightly to where like if you've got a pulse grenade and you're in the wrong form at the wrong time, like you got to get back to, you know, you're in solid, but you want to flip to phased so that you can do a phase strike and, you know, knock off their attachment, like things like that. Um, it's just providing you one more chance to flip really on command. And there's really no other card that does that, that I know of. And so that's the whole idea is, is like lean into this like really unique thing. And then, and then also doing that in aggression because, um, because also mean swing that that yep. event can can exhaust the pulse grenade because it's also a weapon. So it's a weapon and it's an attack, and so mean swing and and she will be doing basic attacks like she she really will. And so um, she can uh, and she then she has two copies of Ready to Rumble is the last cards in her kit. So so just to like lay out how they can look like a possible mid to late game turn after you like defend with quick shift. You draw, you know, two cards. Now you have a six-card hand, and you're in solid form. You could spend a double resource, right, like, so like energy, genius, or strength, to play clobber for three damage, and you could choose to flip back to phased form. Since you're flipping, you can use martial prowess to play surprise attack for four damage, flipping you back to solid form. Then you could thwart for two. You could use solid and deft focus to play shadowcat surprise for three damage and ready shadowcat. Flipping back to phased form, if you like. Then you could basic attack with Shadow Cat for two more damage and exhaust Pulse Grenade to use Mean Swing for five damage. Flipping back to solid form, if you flip to phased. Then you can attack with the Pulse Grenade for some, for some more damage and flip back to phased. Then use Ready to Rumble to Ready Shadow Cat again. Then thwart with Shadow Cat for two. 
and then finally end your turn by spending that clobber that you had gotten back into hand to play airwalk for another four threat removal or play a, a ready to rumble, whichever like card you had, airwalk, ready to rumble. And you could have threw that's surprise like, attacks in there like crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like that's like a ton of damage, ton of threat removal, and all of it's ignoring, you know, most of it's ignoring guard, patrol, crisis. It's dealt out in tiny, small, tidy packages. Um, yeah, it's it's really fun. I think this is the deck that I've done the most, like one turn flipping, um, in the in the hero phase, I should say. Um, yeah, yeah. I I can't. I didn't catch if you said this or not, but I used to run pulse grenades and mean swing and Hawkeye all the time. And my favorite oh, thing yeah. is that pulse grenade doesn't require you to exhaust the grenade to perform its attack. To, yes, exactly. So you can exactly. mean swing and explode the pulse grenade. Yeah, okay. You must have said that already. I, I, no, yeah. I, did, I didn't mention. I didn't oh, okay. mention that other than like it was like the assumption in the uh, list of things. But no, exactly. That was another. It's like pulse grenade has everything you want in it because you can exhaust it for mean swing and still discard it that same turn to uh, to get another you know form change um yeah so it was, it was really fun to, to figure that out and and so what's cool for her is i feel like that's i love heroes that have um one a, a, a thing about them where every new set that comes out you're going to be like looking through that set with like laser eyes trying to figure out oh wait this is an upgrade that technically is an attack you know and so this is like something I could use to you know smooth things out for a shadow cat. I love heroes that have like you you know that future sets are gonna have new cards that that make them like come to life again in a new mm-hmm. way. So that's I'm a, that's, I'm that's a big fan of pulse grenades, so this makes me really happy. It's actually amazing right. about all those cards that's after your hero attacks a villain, spend these resources to discard something. Pulse grenades. Let it sit there on a stick until you need it, right? Yes, so absolutely. I, oh, I'm so excited! <laughs> Great, yeah. Try it out. Try it out. And, oh. and oh, I'll tell you one. Okay, here's here's my challenge for you for what you should try it out against. Uh, okay, okay, good, good. Okay, so Magneto, um, standard, standard Magneto. Um, not the good. I'm I'm a big fan uh, of standard right now. Yes, after, yeah, after yeah, absolutely. Playing Sabretooth enough, <laughs> uh, I could use some standards. So, totally. Yep. Yep. So it's standard Magneto. Switch out um, acolytes and put in sentinels. Okay. But now here's one one no here's here's one little like uh, change though. Um, each sentinel uh, gains magnetic, and so okay. what that yeah so what that means is that his his um really what that fundamentally means is that his uh, main scheme like ability will be grabbing uh um. We'll be putting out sentinels on occasion. Yeah. And yeah, which is mean because then they're going to immediately attack you. But also, uh, then it's much more likely that he'll draw um, magnetic missile and yeah. actually have it proc. Because normally, yeah. I, I just, it always surges for me because I'm always, if a, if a sentinel comes out, I'm clearing it, you know? And it's, it's never alive at the time that an encounter card's coming out. And so, this makes it more likely that there will be one. Um, and so that's my challenge for you. Um, one extra little additional challenge. If you want to like roll build for that scenario. So like taking a random roll card from your chosen role. Oh, nice. And yeah. Then, and, the, and then like um, doing the whatever aspect cards you want. Um, 
If you want to roll build, you can. But if you do, you have to shuffle Nimrod into the encounter deck. Ah, who's also okay. a sentinel. So that's that's your more, little uh, more brutalness for you. Nice. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I did that, and the first time I did it, we I I mentioned this to somebody, and and they were like, "Oh, that's gonna stink to have Nimrod." Um, but I was like, "But hey, but no, maybe he'll die to a magnetic missile." Um, and sh- sure enough, first time playing it against him, Nimrod came out, and then immediately, um, Magneto hurled him at me as a magnet magnetic missile, which was nasty, but also like. I'd much rather have the five damage than uh, than the Nimrod. The Nim- yeah. Nimrod. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Pretty humorous. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's my aggression deck. Try, try it out. All right. Are you ready for the craziness that is a Shadowcat leadership deck? <laughs> I'm so ready. I, you are the master of leadership. I bow before you, and I'm All so right. ready for, Why? for this. I made two leadership decks. We won't go over the first one because it was a bad one. It used... Yeah. It relied on the ability that Shadowcat never takes damage, so you don't need allies to block for you. So you can use your allies to just pump out damage and thwart. So it was using like Last Stand to like just dump allies in the board and attack with them. Nice. But I was convinced to use Band together instead. So I built <laughs> a different deck. Um, so this deck has seven allies, because you are using Band together, so you want to draw into them. So it's got Angel, Colossus, and Ironheart from Basic. It's got Kalu to go find events. We'll talk about what events later. Maria Hill and Beast, because Beast can go find that band together. Because one of the big problems with band together is you want to bring three of them. Because once you have three allies on the board, they're worth three resources. But if you bring three of them, there's a good chance you'll have one on your opening hand when they're worth zero resources. So for resources, I bring two band together energy genius and strength because i'm hoping to not draw into one until i have at least two allies on the board but then i can recur beast and he can keep grabbing a three resource card for me which is nice so for upgrades i have deft focus obviously two copies of rapid response so we're going really hard into events and supports (laughs) because we haven't listed a lot of cards yet so for supports, I have the X-Jet because you are going to need resources and there's a little bit of resource matching we're going to have to do. And then we have two copies of R&D Facility because Shadowcat is a 2-2-2. An R&D Facility is a three-cost shield support location from Ironheart. It requires you to spend two mental to get it out. So you're going to want to use X-Jet and then Shadowcat has a lot of mental in her kit, so that should help. But Hero Action, exhaust it and remove one research counter from it. Choose a character to give plus one, plus one. So you could make Shadowcat a 3-3-2 until the end of the phase. And then we already talked about Shadowcat Surprise is deal 3 damage and ready your character. So you could attack for 3, use Shadowcat Surprise to ready, and then attack for another 3. That seems pretty good. But it gets better. So we're going into events now. So we've got 3 copies of Moxie. Because you're going to be flipping so much, Moxie gives you plus 1 to each of your stats for the round. So you can get Shadowcat up to like a 3-3-3. And then with R&D Facility, that's a 4-4-3, which is a pretty good stat line for the other cards from Ironheart's pack. So we have three copies of Go All Out, which is a two-cost attack event that, again, requires a Lightning Bolt resource. So you really need X-Jet to get your resource matching. And it's hero action, exhaust your hero, deal damage to an enemy equal to the combined hero's thwart attack and defense. So if you can get one Moxie off, that's a two-cost, nine-damage attack to an enemy. 
which is pretty good. Um, so ideally what you would do, right, is you would start in um, phased form. You'd defend either with an event or by exhausting and then flip to alter ego form. You would play, I guess you would probably want to like, yeah, you'd, you'd end up playing Moxie to pump your stats. You'd end up using go all out to go crazy. It's also got three copies of push ahead. So it's the same thing as go all out, but it's thwarting instead of damaging. So it's three cost, it makes a lightning bolt resource, and then it requires one mental. So there's a lot of resource matching in your events and in your supports. Hero action, thwart, exhaust your hero, remove threat from the scheme equal to the total of your hero's thwart attack and defense. So here again, you're trying to thwart for 11, trying to thwart for 9 by using a moxie or use an R&D facility. So you're going to be a leadership player that's trying to get two allies out and then a third ally that you can block with. So you can do the normal leadership thing and block for people. But then you want to keep two allies out because then band together can play go all out for you. It can play two of the resources for push ahead and you've only got to spend one resource on it from X-Jet. So as long as you have a band together and one of those events in your hand and two allies on the board, you can do a pretty big attack. Um, so ideal turns with it, right, would be start in solid form, do a basic attack for two, flip to phased form, and play Moxie. Play Shadow Cat Surprise in phased form to deal three and flip back, and then use Band together to do go all out or push ahead. So you can do like a base attack of three, a or a base attack of two, play your Moxie, a Shadow Cat Surprise for three, and then one of your big, big event guns, your go all outs or push aheads. Um, so you're going to need next jet down, you're going to need a resource in hand, but luckily you've got Beast to fish him out. So I had I have two rapid responses in there specifically for recurring beast or for like oh darn buttons when you need to block with two allies but yeah. you know you want two on the board for band together. So usually with band together I want three allies, but here like if you can get to two, it lets you play go all out. If you can get to three, then you can play push ahead for free. And like we mentioned, Shadowcat has a lot of three cost cards. So your phased and confused are three costs. Your phase strike, if you're going to deal six damage and discard a attachment, are three cost. Your R&D facilities are three cost. Your X-Jet is three cost. So your push ahead is three cost. So I think you've got a total of 11 three cost cards in your deck and 12 two cost cards. So you want to be in that two to three ally range. But I think with two, you'll be pretty happy still. So it's using Shadowcat's base stats. It's pretty fun. It's a little bit wonky. I was playing it with Power of Leadership before because I had like Last Stand and some other stuff in here, but I got convinced to use Band Together. So <laughs> there it is. I'm I'm the biggest fan of Band Together out there. I I love Band Together. I'm I'm just a glutton for those resources. And uh, and what's cool is um so you were mentioning mentioning uh, resource matching, but Band Together has all the resource matching. Exactly. Yeah. So you, so you that's it makes that's wilds. Cool. So that's why you want two because then. Like the only uh, R&D facility requires a two match for mental. So as long yeah. as you have two allies, then your band together lets you do any of the resource matching you need. Um, and you can ignore the rest of it. It can even let you discard attachments, but you'll probably do that with, with base strike instead of with whatever the hero action is. 
So yeah, that's the main reason you need two is for that R&D facility requirement. And then play it solo in uh, in uh, Mutant Genesis. And I'm just realizing, you know what? Um, doesn't uh, Robert Kelly even get in on the band together action? He does. He's, he's an yeah. He's an ally you control. Cosmo so Wood, the, all those all those good allies. For Cosmo, the but but Mutant Genesis though, you've got Robert Kelly, and then for the the next four, you've got Jubilee. Um, and, and then for two of those, you also have Magneto quickly. Uh, and so it's like you, you are very often getting band together, um, uh, uh, just really value out of it quickly. So easily, so quickly. And, and you won't, I mean, you could, you could be having three and having that, that, that last slot, you know, be the, the one who's just, um, taking hits and still never, be under three for for band together so um yeah, so typically that's, that's i'll great. i'll try to have beast and colossus be my allies that sit on the board because yep they're gonna sit on the board until you have a rapid response down and then they're gonna like dip in and out so that they can get their toughness or they can get a resource back for you and that's then awesome. i'll try to use kalu lockheed maria hill and Ironheart as my one that's gonna chump every turn for someone <laughs> yeah yeah just because, all the value people. yeah <laughs> Two of those draw a card. One of them is Kalu, right? So since you're like the fill player, right? You're going to fill whatever role the team needs each turn when the encounter cards come out. You're not going to know if you need a go all out or a push ahead. But Kalu's probably going to find one of those two. Or the moxie you need to trigger them. Because he lets you look through the top five for an event. And you've got 18 events in your deck. So you should always find something. Um, and then Lockheed, can, like we said, can just be that like flex. Deal two damage or two thwart. Um, it is a 41-card deck. I couldn't get it done for you, so I apologize to everybody. I thought about cutting <laughs> Deft Focus, and then I said, nope, there's nine events no, it with, no. so I have exactly. to include it. Yeah. Um, but you could probably go down one in Moxie or like only take one R&D facility, but I took two, and it's worked out so far. That's great. That's great. Cool. That's really fun. Uh, that's that's one of the most fun leadership styles to me is uh, is – Finding a, a hero who really likes who who has a bunch of three cost cards, and then um, matching them with like a bunch of th- other three cost cards and getting band together happening. It's just it's so fun. I, yeah, <laughs> it's, I used to play a uh, uh, cap because heroic strike is three cost and requires a resource match. And then you can play push ahead on cap because he has like an auto yes. ready. So you're already trying to pump his stats with moxie and stuff like that. Oh, that's um, epic. But being that's able to great. use moxie when you flip and stay in hero form is really strong compared to like she Hulk or cap style flipping where you have yes. to dip into alter ego. I, I love it. I love it. I used to think that I was, um, you know, like those profiles of like types of players. I used to think I was a, a Timmy, I think who likes, I, I still have sort of that, that thing of, uh, I really like an unusual deck build or like, you know, finding that one card, like searching through the archives of all my cards to find a pull that, that a pulse grenade has the attack trait, you know, or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. I like doing I like doing that sort of thing, but also just as much or more I'm the whatever that is, the is it the the Johnny? The the one who likes the like the big um the big just splashy. like the big yeah. splashy attacks um and so band together really really floats my boat on that so <laughs> band together uh, and all these iron heart cards you're gonna go crazy you can, yes, you can try exactly. it out let me know that's how it goes awesome. we'll do homework yes. on each other's deck and then do an update yes wonderful 
So we're running over. That was the power of Shadowcat. We're going to go through all four heroes that have been released, hopefully before Wolverine and Storm come out. So you should expect a power of episode every week this month, starting this weekend. So thanks for coming, Andy. Anything else you want to tell people about how awesome Shadowcat is? Oh gosh, I just yeah, get out there, uh, be playing her, and and seriously, like look up a couple, you know, there's helpful like YouTube videos um, about like you know who is Shadowcat or, or whatever, you know, or just like do a little bit of research. I think because at least for me, I I wasn't knowledgeable about X Men before Mutant Genesis, and so it's been really really fun to like, um, you know, or w- watch a couple of the shows, you know, like the um, X Men and the Wolverine or what Wolverine and the X Men. Um, oh yeah, she was in that one too, right? I think it starts off with her and Colossus running into a building and doing their things with their powers. And so there's, yeah, there's lots of ways you can kind of get to see what she does. And I think once you like have that in mind, it's at least for me, I, I think most of us playing this game, like we don't play it just dryly, you know, you're, you're, yep. you're picturing it. So the more that you can picture what she's doing, I think the better. Um, and yeah, get out there and have fun with these decks. There's lots of ways to play really fun and thematically. Uh, with her and so yeah have have fun try out try her in, in all the aspects well thanks for having me on awesome yeah thanks for coming and we'll see you next time all right bye